The temptation of the Lord Jesus was a satanic attack on his basic humanity. All the temptations we face are the same thing, attacks on what we were made to be by God himself. Hello, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its missions fellowship, The Bread of Life, in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our ministries, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. The first temptation of Jesus was to turn stones into bread, and the Lord answered Satan, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here Christ was teaching that we are first spiritual beings, and it is a sin when we elevate our physical impulses above our spiritual and moral life. In our message today, we'll move on to the next temptation, and there we discover that we were made for a trusting relationship with God, a relationship that is undermined when we defer to our doubts. Jesus came to earth, and as a man, a human being, he sounded out in himself human life with all of its human physical needs. And from this vantage point, he confronted and he faced the great physical impulses that human beings like ourselves face. And then Jesus bore a powerful witness that it was the spirit that mattered first of all. You are not a body with a spirit. You're a spirit with a body. The spirit was made to endure forever in a relationship with God. That's what he taught. The first great temptation is to put the physical over the spiritual and think that's the thing that you need to be satisfied and whole. It's the first lie of the devil, the first point of temptation. The second one that the Lord Jesus experienced was a temptation to cast himself down from a pinnacle. And here's what the Lord Jesus taught at this point. He taught that as spiritual beings, we were made to live in trustful, confident relationship with God. The second temptation that Satan ran at the Lord Jesus was really a temptation for the Lord Jesus to test and see if God really loved and cared for him. What we were made for, what the Lord Jesus understood was we were made to live in trusting relationship with a God who loves us and a God who has his best interest in mind for us whether we understand it or know it. That God has a plan for us that we don't always understand. That God is working on our behalf even when it doesn't seem like he's working on our behalf. That God is working all things together for our good. And we're to understand that and we're to rest in him and being confident in him. And, and a relationship that's built upon that trust and rest flourishes and grows and unites together. But when you don't trust a person for that, when you make the person prove over and over again their love for you, you don't bind yourself closer and closer to the person. You draw further and further away from the person. That was Satan's desire. To drive us further and further and further away from the God who we were made to live in relationship with. Satan's temptation to Jesus to throw him down from the pinnacle was an appeal to doubt. Basically was saying, does God really love you? And you're supposed to respond, does God really love me? I'll just test and see. Why don't you test and see if he really loves you? The Lord Jesus answered, it's written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. We're to trust God instead. We were made for a life of rest and loving, confident relationship with God. Romans chapter 14, verse 3, actually gives us the essence of what sin is. It says there, whatever is not from faith is sin. The place where we fall further and further into temptation and further and further into sin is where we turn away from our deep, abiding trust in God. That's what faith is. I trust God. I believe God. I rest in God. I believe that God is working and has a plan for my life. I lean into his arms, believing 
that he has what is right and good for me. Sin takes place when we lean out from God's arms, wondering if there's something that we're being denied, something that God is withholding from us, something that God is telling us or demanding upon us that would lead us away from the thing that we would be most fulfilled in. And sin is based upon, this temptation of sin is basically based upon rallying around your doubts to justify your desires. That's what was taking place here. The Lord Jesus regularly taught that the rule of God and experiencing his saving power in our lives, the ability to come into God's reign and God's rule and enter into his kingdom, was, it was required that you come into that kingdom like a little child. Matthew 18, verse 3. Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you're converted and come like a little child, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. John 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and don't forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So here's the essence of little children when it comes to relationship. Trust. Complete and utter trust. When they're in our arms, they can wiggle and squiggle and move out and they can almost fall out of our hands, but they just know we're going to catch them and we're going to hold them. They just have confidence in us and they look to us and they rely upon us and they expectantly believe that we'll hold on to them and care for them and feed them and provide for them and it doesn't enter into the mind of a little child that they need to earn this relationship that they need to prove themselves worthy of this relationship or that they need to prove our love and care for them. They just trust it. They just receive it with confidence, with a sense of reliance that their parents will provide and care and meet their needs. God isn't seeking from us that we would earn his kingdom. God isn't seeking from us that we would prove ourselves worthy of him and we're not to seek that God would think he was willing to love us and give himself for us. If you live in that way, you live against how you were made. You were made for this kind of trusting, dependent, reliant relationship with God. What happens is that sin gets into our life and it bends us and it misshapes us and it accumulates in our life. And as it does, we become increasingly insecure. And then in our insecurity, we feel unloved, but primarily because our love for our own selves overshadows the love that other people have for us or the love that God has for us. We're so fixed upon ourselves, whether it's in pity or in pride, that it overshadows our ability to experience and know God's love. And then this begins to manifest itself in the lives of children, not little children, kind of like those kids that are starting to grow up, starting to move into their teen years, and then all of a sudden they say things like, if you really loved me, you would... I thought you loved me and, you know, we parents know that such tests don't improve our relationships with our kids. You know, our impulse is, all right, let me show you how much I love you. Come over here and bend over. No, <laughs> no we don't do that. Stand in the corner. That's the right answer nowadays. Take a time out. Go in your room and play with your phone. No, that's not how we do it. When a kid says, you don't love me, I, now I know you never really loved me, you know they're, they're running you through a trest. You know that kind of attitude? Listen, as a teenager, I'm telling you, you used to have that kind of attitude towards your parents. You're isolating yourself. You're dialing into a suggestion and a doubt in order that you might justify doing what you want to do and pursuing your own way. That's what's going on. You're isolating yourself in such a way that you're just going to bring more shame into your life. When we test God's love for us, we use our doubts of his love to justify seeking our own way. It's not in keeping with what we're made for. We were made for him to live with him in a trusting relationship. That's what we were designed for. To live with him, not in doubt, but in confidence. Now listen, 
Every human being, in a sense, doesn't have this relationship with God. This is the reality of what God brings us to when we give our lives to the Lord Jesus and believe in Him and He becomes our Father and we're, in this, we're brought and reintroduced into this relationship. But even when you're born in this world, there is something in you in which God is revealing Himself. There is a movement that God is making towards you in order to draw you and bind you to Himself. And it's primarily in your conscience. God gives every man on this earth and every woman on this earth this conscience, and this conscience is this place where the Spirit of God is wooing and calling men to himself and calling man to his ways in order that there, in that obedience and that response to the conscience, they might draw near to God revealing and making himself known to him. But again, this is where man sins. He comes to his conscience and he says, well, maybe this is really what's not best for me. Maybe I'm just restricting myself for more meaning and more purpose. Maybe there's more delights if I go against this thing, and so they lie themselves to doubt what their conscience is telling them in order to push themselves into a free fall into their own delights and their own desires they're testing in a sense reality the very point in which God is communicating self to them and they're following their doubts in order to leap into a test to see if in a sense their conscience really is what's best for them if they're really being loved in a way by the laws that are being pressed in upon them within themselves Jesus when he called people to come to him when he declared things like, whosoever will may come, or if anyone come to me, I will in no wise cast them out. The Lord Jesus was appealing against these doubts to the essential truth about all humanity. They were made for a trusting relationship with God. Temptation to sin comes by testing that relationship, by jumping into the space of your own doubts and your own desires. That's the next thing we see. Here's the third thing. The Lord Jesus taught what the purpose of our lives was to be, and where it was that we were to find true meaning in our lives. And he taught that it was found in worshiping and serving God. The true meaning of our life is found in worshiping and serving God. We were made in God's image, and in that image we were made to enjoy and delight in all that God has given. But we were not made for those things and for the glory of those things straightway for our own sakes. If you go to those things straightway, you miss the element that makes them glow and shine and that you miss the element of them that, that appeals to the very basic nature of your life. When you enjoy those things out of a desire to glory in God, out of your love for Him and your delight in God, then all those things take on a hue, a light, a shine, a brilliance that you'll never know when you take them into your own arms and clutch them for your own satisfaction and your own glory. God is sovereign. God is ruling over every point of your life. And God knows that the fruit is only good when you pluck it when it's ripe. And so God has a right time and a right place and a right moment to give you all things. And the Bible has actually declared that all things will be yours. God has said that the meek shall inherit the earth. He has a pathway and a plan for us in order that he might bring us into all the blessings of all of his creation. But if you rush to those things and try to speed it up, you say, God, I'm not going to let you be sovereign over my life. I'm not going to rule over life. I'm going to take on some sovereignty. I want to grab these things for myself. Then you miss the very point at which they become a blessing in your life. They come out of your submission to God and your desire to worship Him and glorify Him and honor Him. If you go the other way, if you seize these things for your own benefit, well, then they, they actually begin to corrupt you. They even corrupt you, even if they're good things, or wonderful things. You snatch the fruit from the tree before it's ripe, and it will be bitter to the taste and will destroy you. 
God is sovereign. His time is right. You submit to him by doing what he desires. You submit to him and you worship him and you honor him. And then these things, these things become blessings in your life in God's time, in God's plan. The temptation here was to subvert God's plan and God's time and to get it straightway. What happens when you go after things straightway, you basically are making yourself a God. You're making yourself the sovereign. You're making your own choices. And you, you think that you're claiming that thing and bringing yourself for your own benefit. That's what happens. I'll just take this part of life and I'll dive into this part of life and I'll experience this thing and have this thing for myself. And what you don't realize when you do that, like a God somehow consuming these things for your own glory and satisfaction. And what you, when you do that, what you don't realize is that you're, you'll find yourself bowing before a devil. It'll destroy you. It's not good for you. You'll never experience the blessing in it. You'll, in sense, be banned from the garden of God's blessing when you live that way, and we have. So when is the right time to claim what God has for us, what God has made us for? Well, we come to it in our spirits, and we come before God as a spirit to know Him and to experience Him and to be instructed by His Word. And as we're cultivating our spirit before God, God begins to prepare us for those good things He has in our lives. When we give ourselves in trustful, confident relationship with Him so that we know and we rest in Him and He can bring the blessings to us in His timing, then, well, we're in a position where we can experience at the right moment. Whenever we come to Him in this way, what will happen is our life will begin to be calculated so that Whatever we do and whatever we experience and whatever we gain for ourselves, we want to do it as an expression of our worship and our desire to delight in God and to experience Him and to enjoy and delight in all that He's given us. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.